agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. Today, Agribition in Regina launches an online program for teaching grade school students about agriculture and the food industry. The programs, though, are open to everyone. Protein Industries Canada reports a busy year in 2020 despite the coronavirus, with over $100 million in investments last year in Saskatchewan. Real Agriculture talks about soil health and organic matter. We have an updated look at flax markets. A Saskatchewan farmer is reappointed to the Grain Commission and Manitoba farmers discuss agri-stability. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call one 800 324 7778. Canadian Western Agribition in Regina has launched its first ever virtual education program. CEO Chris Lane says the year-round online platform for grade school kids is designed to inform about food production and farming. This is exciting. So uh, obviously in the last year we've had to change some things about uh, delivering the Agribition experience. So one of the things high on our list was to uh, create a way for students and teachers and uh, you know even uh, parents doing some schooling at home uh, to get a taste and a feel of the agriculture education that happens at Agribition. So what we've done is work with um, as many of our education partners as we can. So if you've been to Agribition, you know the different exhibits and the different lessons you can learn in a way to digitize and virtualize that. And we've brought it all together under one umbrella online portal, which is, uh, of course, free for any classroom in the province now uh, to access year-round. What grade or age target are you, is this focused for? Well, you know, the Agribition Education Program, uh, the live version of that, it has programming across several age groups, and this one is similar too, although I would say most of the material in it is probably most useful for younger grades, you know, certainly anything uh, below high school. Outline some of the material for me. What is the content? Well, we've got some great stuff around uh, beef cattle education, uh, obviously a big part of Agribition. We've got uh, Egg in the Classroom has been a fantastic partner with us in, in moving some of their program programming online. So, you know, everything from soil and crops, and there's environmental stewardship through the uh, Prairie Conservation Action Program. We've got dairy information as well. And uh, really, there's, a, uh, there's, there's not only the core curriculum education that goes on there, but there's some fun things there, too, that can maybe help classrooms and students work away on a snow day, too. This would be helpful for kids that may be heading to the next visit to Agribition. I believe that's this fall, the 50th anniversary show? Well, that's right. We are uh, we are planning for a full show in November. I think there's lots to, that needs to happen before then. But you know, Agribition is obviously a, uh, it's a big machine, and we have to plan early if we think there's a hope to do it. So that's what we're doing. And you're right, Jim. This education online program is really designed to be useful to classrooms and teachers uh, before and after they come to the live Agribition as well. So, you know, if you want to get the most out of your in-person visit to the show, highly recommend spending some time uh, on this program before and after. 
How does someone access it, and how long does it run? Well, it's pretty easy to access. It's all on our website at agribition.com. And uh, really, we've built this to last forever, year-round. This is not uh, just a COVID program. This is something that we felt was a good opportunity for us to add to the agribition educational experience, no matter what time of year. We look forward to this growing and adding more content as, it, uh, as we develop it. Every classroom and every teacher, uh, we sure hope, would check it out. How often will you add new content? And at this stage, how much do you have time-wise running? Well, we've got quite a bit of content on there right now. I think, you know, certainly enough to keep class busy for, you know, for some time. There's lots of lessons in there, probably more than a dozen. And we will, I think, as our education partners develop more content that can be delivered this way, the platform is designed to just uh, take it and deliver it under the Agribition banner. So really, there's no limit on how much content this thing can deliver. Uh, it really is just over time, as, as more gets developed, we'll make sure there's space for it. Chris Lane is the CEO of Canadian Western Agribition. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Regina-based Protein Industries Canada says five Saskatchewan projects last year invested over $102 million. The CEO of Protein Industries Canada, Bill Gruel of Regina, says the efforts to expand plant protein development in Saskatchewan are expected to create over 111 new jobs. Yeah, it, it, it sure was a busy year. And, uh, you know, like everybody, it started out a little bit rocky with lockdown and COVID, but our members really responded. We ended up announcing 13 projects this last year, five of which are those are based in Saskatchewan. Total investment in excess of $100 million here in the province. How many jobs will be created? Yeah, we expect these five projects in and of themselves to create 111 jobs. And on top of that, you know, it's uh, it's technology that we're funding with breeding companies and processors and food processors. We're looking at the development of almost 150 new products and new patents. Tell me about some of these products and, and projects. Outline a couple for me. Yeah, so we've got a project with a company here in Regina that many of your listeners will know, AGT Food and Ingredients, and they're working together with a small startup based out of the province here called You Live It. And so, of course, AGT is developing new processing technologies for pulses that are produced on the prairies, but You Live It part of the project is developing uh, tofu and tempeh, which is many of our listeners may have tried in the past, but it's uh, really prevalent in, in other diets around the world. But it's new plant-based products and should result in, in new products on the store shelves uh, in the next little while. Outline another one. I understand there's something about canola-based salmon feed? Yeah, yeah. So we funded a project. Actually, this one is based out of Alberta, but it's really important for Saskatchewan farmers because it opens up new markets for canola. And so there's a company out of Calgary, Alberta, that's developed new processing technologies that leads to a really high protein concentration that we can pull out of canola. Like normally when we do canola processing for oil and meal, the meal is going into dairy cattle diets down in California because they can digest the high fiber content. So this project is looking at developing high protein concentrates that come out of canola that can be used as aquaculture for salmon feed diets, which is really great because we know that fish farming and aquaculture around the globe is increasing and it's uh, hard to get enough fish meal to feed that growing industry. Tell me about crop micronutrients. How is that development going? Yeah, that, that's a really interesting project and involves our, our friends here in Regina at DGT Food and Ingredients. And so when they go through processing of lentils and peas, 
they end up with the seed hull that doesn't have a lot of value because it's a high fiber. It's, it's good for feed. It's good for some other applications. But we put them together in a research project with a company based out of Vancouver, B.C. called Lucent Bioscience. And what Lucent is doing is taking what would have normally been a waste stream from AGT's processing, and they're using those pea hulls and lentil hulls as a carrier for micronutrient fertilizer. And I think what's really interesting about that is we're adding value to it used to be a waste stream. And it's also, you know, a, a product that's natural and is a carrier for micronutrients, which is, has applications for agriculture in broad acre across Canada, but also the horticulture industry. And because these are coming from a natural source, can be used for organic production as well. Bill, how does 2021 look for uh, new processes Protein Industries Canada will be involved in? Yeah, so we've got a number of projects in our project pipeline, Jim, and we're looking forward to developing those out. I think people can expect more projects related to processing technologies, more projects related to the development of food products from Saskatchewan and Western Canadian-based ingredients, and a couple of projects that we call the capacity building side. So that's the investments that we're making to improve the competitiveness of the sector. We just announced one not that long ago in collaboration with Agriculture in the Classroom to increase the knowledge and understanding of the job market for kindergarten to grade 12 students. So we think we'll have a few announcements like that as well. Bill Gruel is the CEO of Regina-based Protein Industries Canada. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. When I discuss soil with farmers these days, it doesn't take long for the conversation to come around to organic matter. University of uh, Minnesota Soil Extension Specialist Jody DeYoung-Hughes. Jody, thanks uh, for stopping by. Great to have you back on Real Agriculture. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate being here. When people ask you about you know organic matter and does it really matter, um, I get, you, you always start that conversation with resilience. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, we have a lot of different words out there and uh, sustainable and organic and stuff, but I really like the word resilient because what organic matter does is help our soil to rebound from drought or uh, excessive rain. It, it can recover quicker and help our crops grow better. Now, a discussion of organic matter, you know, you just, you just can't start. You've got to sort of set up some of the parameters, and a lot of that is starts with what type of soil you're farming. Whether, you know, you, uh, you're on sand, uh, a silt loam, a clay loam, what's the difference and why is it important? Well, sands and clays intrinsically react differently and can only do so much. Um, you know, we have clays that can actually hold so much more water than silts and our sands, but they can hold it so tightly that it won't give it the very last drops to the crop. Whereas a silt will hold a little bit less, but will release more to crops. And then sands just can't hold the water. That's why we have irrigators on top of our sands. And they also don't form structure as strongly as our clays and clay loams. And um, they don't, 
you won't see as high of organic matter contents on our sands. And so you just can't expect to build a sand to look like a clay. Now, when you're talking about organic matter, you're comparing and contrasting, and sometimes it's just 2% organic matter versus 4%. And uh, I want to, want you, you've got a great slide here um, on the impact and, and the, the difference of soil, uh, sorry, moisture availability, and what it can mean for a corn crop. Uh, yeah, um, you know, that organic matter can hold on to water. And it also helps form structure so that when it rains, the water can get into the soil. When you have less organic matter, you have um, and more tillage, you have more fine particles on the top, the rain can infiltrate, and you get more of this crusting. So our organic matter is extremely valuable in water management. And so when you have 2% versus 4%, you know, what does that mean for you? Well, it means that your crop can go longer without moisture between the rainfalls, which is really important in July and August in the northern hemisphere anyway. So we have, um, you know, if you can go from, what is it, four days to eight days, uh, that can mean the world of difference. When you talk about organic matter, you also talk about nutrient value, and you also talk about, you know, um, organic matter moving off the farm. Uh, can you put a, a value of, you know, what is 1% of organic matter valued at from a nutrient nutrient perspective, you know that that's blowing or running off the farm. Oh, it's it's so sad um, <laughs> when it's blowing off the farm. Uh, you know, organic matter one percent generally. Now, I, I, maybe your listeners don't understand that organic matter is made from the things that die on top of it. So, if you're in a tall grass prairie and you have that being made into organic matter versus under a forest or, um, you know, in your lawn, you're going to have kind of a different composition to your organic matter. So the numbers I'm giving you are a, a general range. They're not, you know, exact. You'd have to do uh, your own testing for that. But you have about one, in 1% organic matter, you have about 1,000 pounds of nitrogen. And that's slowly released over the years. And that's, um, that's what we want. You don't want 1,000 pounds all at once. And, <laughs> and, and it's, it's also based on like how happy your microbes are. So if you have good moisture and good temperatures, you'll get more mineralization of that nitrogen out to the crop. And those are the years that you put down enough nitrogen, to, say for 200 bushel corn crop, and you got 225. Well, where'd that come from? Your organic matter. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. <laughs> It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. Partly cloudy today, wind southeast 20, the high minus 2, the low minus 8. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy, clearing in the afternoon, wind south 20, the high plus 2, so melting tomorrow, wind chill minus 15 in the morning, the low minus 10. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 11, the low minus 21. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high minus 13, 60% chance of evening flurries, the low minus 18. Friday, periods of snow, the high minus 16, the low minus 27. Saturday, sunny, the high minus 24, the low minus 27. 
Sunday, sunny, the high minus 19. Normal high for this date, minus 9. The normal low is minus 21. The sun rose at 8.33 this morning. It sets at 5.51 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now, Maple Creek in the southwest at plus 9. The cold spot up north, Collins Bay, minus 15. Estevan, minus 8. Saskatoon, minus 7. Swift Current, plus 1. Yorkton, minus 8. Weyburn, minus 9. In Regina, with drifting snow, it's minus 9. That's 16 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 28. The wind chill, minus 18. Humidity, 83%. The barometer dropping, 102.2. Cloudy in Moose Jaw, minus 6. Winds are from the east at 8. Once again, Regina, drifting snow, minus 9. That's 16 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. Canadian flax acreage isn't expected to rise very much this year, in spite of some pretty high market prices in recent weeks, up to $16 a bushel and better. Marlena Borsch with Mercantile Consulting Venture provided the market outlook for flax earlier last month at CropSphere. Returns for flax for new crop um, are actually still lagging uh, some of the other commodities in spite of the high prices. And that's because we uh, really need to do some work on flax yields. Uh, But as the yields remain relatively really quite low, I am not so sure if you'll see a very material increase in flax acres for next year. I think we'll see uh, some increase in acres. I used a five-year average yield, which would be 23.1 bushel. That's what we're talking about when we're saying uh, it's still a a fairly low-yielding crop. And I think um, we will um, see 450 plus thousand tons of export demand, depending on what China will be doing in the coming year as well. Russia is the largest flax exporter, followed by Canada and Kazakhstan. Total exports in the 2020-21 crop year are pegged at just over 4 million tons, about 300,000 higher than the previous year. Canada's largest flax markets are China, the European Union and the United States. Borsch runs through her Canadian export estimates for the current crop year. We are allocating about 120,000 tons for now into China. And the, the big buyer this year is Belgium, or I should say the European Union that arrives in Belgium. And um, I'm allocating 165,000 tons up from 75,000 tons last year. So that feeds into that void left by Eastern European material moving more into the Asian market and we are then substituting them. United States are left more or less unchanged at 95,000. So that's how I'm coming up with my 420,000 ton uh, forecast for this year, for the entire year. Farmers in the European Union have been growing less flax and are having to import more from Canada. The EU is a big importer and tremendously important to the Canadian market this year as well. They do produce flaxseed. But over time, uh, their production has diminished. And um, according to European Union data, um, they produced about 74,000 tons uh, in 2020, which is up a little bit from the previous year, but certainly much, much smaller than in the 
early 2000s, certainly, um, and definitely from 1999, which was the peak in production in excess of 400,000 tons. As for flax production in Russia and Kazakhstan, we had no major production problems in the Black Sea countries. I had actually thought to see a decrease there because it had been dry in, in several areas. But we believe that the production has actually in the Black Sea gone up by about 220,000 tons to 1.9 million tons. We do know uh, that Russia has already shipped a substantial volume, about 350,000 tons uh, between July to November. That's a 23% increase. For Kazakhstan, we only have September numbers. um, So they had shipped 30,000 tons, which is about double what they did the previous year. Borsch says the big question in the upcoming year will be how much flax China will need and the amount of purchases it makes from Russia. This year, the ratio was 50% from Canada and 46% from Russia. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. The federal government has reappointed Saskatchewan farmer Lonnie McCaig as commissioner of the Canadian Grain Commission. McCaig was first appointed as commissioner in 2017 and has a new three-year term. He has 40 years of experience as a farmer and is a founding member of Ogama Elevator Limited in Ogama. He's also a former president of the Canadian Limousin Association and the local Stock Growers Association. The Grain Commission is responsible for enforcing the Canada Grain Act and is involved with international trade missions with key customers of Canadian grain. The president of the Keystone Agricultural Producers of Manitoba is disappointed that the Manitoba government appears to be on the verge of rejecting Ottawa's proposed changes to agri-stability. Bill Campbell says they haven't received any official word. Well, uh, from all indications that we've received from the department, uh, there's been a non-decision. I I don't think they've given a clear indication one way or the other at this particular point in time. But, uh, um, yeah, we we haven't received official uh, decision from the Department of Agriculture or the province. Campbell says the three prairie provinces are working together to see the cost impact of the proposed enhancements to agri-stability. The proposal needs two of the three prairie provinces to approve the agri-stability improvements to move forward. The federal government was hoping for an answer by today to ensure the program could be retroactive to cover farmers in 2020. So far, there's no word yet. He says it may be important to make the program retroactive to 2020. Well, it may be for some when we we look at the COVID, the impacts of the COVID-19, you know, the livestock industry, when we've seen some of those markets, uh, some of the additional costs with the um, PPEs, uh, some of that part, some of the, you know, some commodities ended up uh, dumping product and uh, receiving no revenue other products. There was the euthanasia of animals, uh, you know, some of that part. I would suggest that the, the grain sector probably would not, um, you know, unless the drought impacted them significantly or different things like that. But that's the whole point of agri-stability is to be able to address those needs and concern on an individual farm basis. Um, that's the other component of this is that these funds will only be utilized by those that show and have a need for that compensation. Um, You know, this is not a general uh, farm payment. 
or anything like that. It's based on need uh, through financial records. Um, so there's, you know, the reference margin limit with the elimination of it would change the scenario quite a bit about eligibility and, and uh, impact. So I think that's probably one of the key elements uh, moving forward. But COVID has changed a lot of things. Even within the ag industry, we have been very, very um, strong and positive and move forward. And, you know, for the most part, it, uh, you know, in Manitoba, we had a good average crop and commodity prices have improved. But, you know, now we're in 2021's business year and in that part so it all depends on production and some of those things bill campbell is the president of the keystone agricultural producers association of manitoba the market updates with jim smalley on the source 620 ckrm market update brought to you by scott bjornson of hall as well for more information or to book a free consultation call 1-800-284-9999 and Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Viterra prices were mixed in early trading today, but there was a lot of changes because it's the 1st of February. Durham rose $1.83 at 301.29. Feed barley jumped $15 at 249.70. Canola gained $14.40 at 641.57. Flax spiked up $35.02 at $764.39. Yellow peas increased $8 at $375.89. Number one red spring wheat fell $0.19 at $271 even. The rest were unchanged. Lentils $602.50. Oats $229.53. Feed wheat $183.72. The Minneapolis spring wheat March futures are down $0.08 at 6.25 and a half cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 6.20 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest quotes. Heartland Livestock Market Report. Donnie Peacock reporting from the Swift Current Yards. The regular sale on Tuesday. The cow market was maybe just a touch easier. A lot of good cows in that 71 to 74 range. Uh, the high on the kill cows was 79. We averaged 68 straight through. The bull market, if anything, a touch stronger. Uh, 107, 108 on the high side. A lot of 92, 96 cents bulls and into the uh, uh, bread sale we had on thursday pretty good activity lots of interest on the dlms internet the eight different locations bought online uh there was about uh, 10 different people in the stands here with their covid protocol that bought cattle as well uh some of the cows went as far away as quebec a uh, very nice uh, dispersal of some younger cows traded from 22 to 24.50, and that was inclusive of their bred heifers into some lighter heifers and uh, uh, mixed heifers from other consigners were 16 to 1800. We had some uh, uh, middle age plus age cows in that 12 to 15, and some pretty good usable cows at 15, 16. And that's the way it is in cattle, country, heartland, swift current. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices are up one cent from Friday at one fifty eight sixty five. Ham sold forty eight hundred hogs Friday, selling in a range of one fifty seven to one eighty per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around eighty eight hundred head, selling in a range of one fifty eight to one eighty five per CKG. 
100 index hog prices for the week ending Saturday, January 30th are Ole West 2020 contract, 149.40. Ole West 2021 contract, 168.30. Maple Leaf Sig 4, 156.14. Ham's Cash, 154.14. Thunder Creek Bricko, 152.94. High Life Cash, 166.77. And High Life Contract, $178.66 per CKG. Hemp's cash hog price today is mixed, and four contract prices open mixed this morning. On Friday, the Canadian dollar is up 19 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.2780. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. Canada's first service featuring the delivery of brand name grocery, deli and household goods in reusable containers launched in the Toronto region today. Online shopping platform Loop has joined with Loblaw and leading consumer good companies like Kraft Heinz Canada to roll out the service. Products such as ketchup, cereal and ice cream are delivered in refillable containers, which are placed back in the delivery bag for return and reuse. Loop says the platform is currently only available online in the Toronto area, but the goal is to eventually expand across Canada and make the reusable containers available in grocery stores. The federal government says it's referring the impact assessment of a Suncor Energy oil sands mine extension in northern Alberta to an independent review panel. Environment Minister Jonathan Wilkinson says the review is in the public interest given the extent to which the open pit project could adversely affect areas of federal jurisdiction. The Alberta government is urging Ottawa to complete its assessment in a timely fashion to avoid delays that drive away investment. Two surveys showed China's manufacturing growth weakened in January, suggesting its rebound from the coronavirus pandemic is leveling off. A purchasing manager's index released by business magazine Kaixin declined to 51.5 from December's 53 on a 100-point scale, in which numbers above 50 show activity expanding. A separate index by the National Statistics Agency retreated to 51.3 from the previous month's 51.9. On the markets, Canada's main stock index posted a triple-digit advance in late-morning trading in a broad-based rally, while U.S. stock markets also climbed higher. The TSX Composite Index was up 264 points at 17,601. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 158 points at 30,140. The Canadian dollar traded at 77.92 cents U.S. compared with 78.25 cents on Friday. The March crude oil contract was up 52 cents at $52.72 per barrel. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.